You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You push play and they'll push the limits. It's your boy Tom here and we are back with another episode of the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast. Fellas, fellas, fellas. How has your weekend been? I know y'all got a big week coming up. We'll get into that later. But tell me what you've been doing. Golfing. Nothing. That's such what? a great way to start off at the beginning of our podcast. <laughs> is, is, that the, is that really the type of energy that you bring into this podcast right now, Gary? Because well, if that's I, the type I, of energy you're going to bring, I'm leaving. I heard we had some questions. I'm just so you damn right we got some questions. So this. Left. Everybody I, else but, already left me. <laughs> I, I just wanted to dive into this because this has really been bothering me. Um, and there's two aspects to this, but I only want to focus on this aspect. Okay, Gary? I don't know. Have you heard about the Kiki Palmer situation? Yes. Okay. So I, <laughs> I only want to talk about this aspect. Do you think do you think that there was a problem with what he said about his wife? Tom, you can go first. And well, see, he, he didn't check with me if I had heard about the Kiki Palmer situation oh. because I have not. <laughs> oh my God, this kid, this kid. All right, well, then I'll I'll explain what it is for those that don't know. Kiki Palmer situation, she was uh, at a concert with her husband, an Usher concert, and uh, Usher pulled her up on stage and was dancing on her and all this stuff, and her husband was like, you, you shouldn't be wearing that. I don't think he was with her. Was he with her? No, he wasn't. No, he was not with her. She was with her friends, and he no. was like, why are you wearing that out on the stage? Why are you wearing that out you're the mother of my kids. You should, that's not a, cause she's wearing basically a see-through outfit. And, uh, so he had a problem with it and he, and he said stuff on social media about that. And then he got blasted for saying that, for having those thoughts. Uh, I don't have a problem with what he said. Do I think he could have said it differently? Yes. But do I have a problem with what he was, the point he was getting across? No, I have no problem with it because I think he's saying the same thing that other people say all the time why you got to post everything about your body, all that kind of stuff in general. But first time that a guy would do that, you'd get blasted by your significant other for doing that. Like if her husband was out walking around shirtless or just in his boxers and stuff like that, she'd be pissed. But that's basically what she was in because she was, everything was see-through. You could literally see everything. So it was basically the same thing. And if he was doing that, I think she would have a problem with that. So I think there's a huge double standard when it comes to that kind of stuff. But I have no problem with that. I think both people in a relationship should be respectful of each other's uh, thoughts when it comes to that. But my question is, if she left the house, did he not see her? Were they different? Were they Was she on vacation? Or what this, was that, how did he not know? Well, here's, this here's, is what's very concerning before to before me, Gary. Before you, before you dive in, D, since I, I, I'm going to have limited to say about this, let me just say, my only problem with that, based off what you just said to me, is that he went to social media to call her out as opposed to just talking with her when she gets home. Why Why do you have to blast her on social media? Because then you do get a chance to look like the asshole when you can just have that conversation with her behind closed doors, behind 
Twitter fingers, Facebook fingers, Instagram fingers, whatever it is. I, I mean, I understand you're a social person. You want to play your life out online, but you don't have to play out all the aspects of your life. I agree. Go ahead. Uh, but but here's the thing, though. He, he, here's the thing. And, and, and this is what I have an issue with, Gary, and it's very concerning to me when you say things like this, Gary. And you've said this a few times. It bothers me when people get mad at how you delivered the message versus what you're actually trying to say. Like, you get the point. You really get the point. And you said, hey, he could say it better, but I understand what he's trying to say. There's no other way to say it, Gary. There's no other way. Like, what's well, you a better, say without, what's a without, better way to say it? Well, tell here, me a better way let, to say let it. Me, let me look up exactly what he said, and then I will uh, you tell me a, will... You tell me a better way to disagree with what your wife is wearing without it not being a sexual gender thing, Gary. You tell me how a man can say anything about what a woman is doing without it being offensive. Because the, the, the very fact that you're even pointing that out is negative. So he said, it's an outfit, though. You're a mom, basically saying she doesn't need to say it. And then he followed it up. I'm trying to find the rest. Um, then he said, uh, he says, we live in a generation where a man and a man of the family doesn't want the wife and mother of his kids to showcase booty cheeks to please others. And he gets told how much of a hater he is. That's what he followed up after he getting comments about it. Okay. So this, this is, is my family and my representation. Uh, I have standards and morals to what I believe. I rest my case. That's basically what he said. And people were ripping him for it because, but again, you could, and we can dive into it. it. It's similar to the aspect of what Jonah Hill said about the, what his ex-girlfriend's now releasing in the same stuff where he had got, like he didn't have guys, but he had like, how he felt comfortable in a relationship and she didn't like what he was, what he said and posted it all at later. I don't know why you post it year later, but it's the same type of thing. I think it's, it, I don't, I don't think it's a, I think it's just the whole aspect of you're in a relationship. Somebody may feel a certain type of way because you're flaunting yourself when you're in a relationship for no reason. You don't, why are you doing that when you're out with, Everybody else, if you're with them, okay, so be it. But you're out, not, you're not with that person. So I can understand because if that their significant other was doing the same thing, they would feel the same way. And I think that's the problem. Like it's a double standard that if he went and dressed a certain way that showed everything, I'm sure she would be pissed too. See, I I, I didn't even go that route with it, and and it it didn't bother me that. She wore what she wore. It didn't bother me that he felt the way that he felt about what she wore. Yeah. Um, it, it just bothered me that how people beat him up about him saying, yeah, I understand what you're saying, but you could have delivered it better. Well, if you understand what I'm saying, then don't let me, how I delivered it, sway you from you actually getting what the problem is. And his problem is, is he had a problem with her, what she wore. Now, here's my thing, Gary. And now we finna transition. He had a problem with what she wore, Gary. Now, I don't know if you saw the video or any other person saw the video. I did. But she was she was grinding on everybody, Gary. Every dude out there, and not one person said, Well, you don't think this is disrespectful? Like this is Yeah. Like 
this is okay. Like women are this. We are we okay with this? Well, and that's a, that's why I say it's a double standard. Because imagine if he went to a strip club and a girl was dressed like that, grinding on him, she'd be pissed. I would assume. I think anybody yeah. in a relationship would be pissed if you saw either version of it. I think the I think like it's funny that you say he only commented about the clothes, but the rest of the video I think was worse than just the clothes. Yes, but I, I, and that's what I was saying. Yeah. And 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 the fact that he even said anything about the clothes, I'm clapping like, yo, he took the high road. Like that's what's up. Like he's very confident in that. He just didn't like how she dressed because she's a mom. Like okay, you you a role model to all these other kids, but like. Let me see how I can say this without being uh, 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 a dick about it. It's okay to be a role model to other kids in a bad light, but now when it's yours, it's completely different. <laughs> it's completely different because I think she's Kiki has been doing this for a very long time, and then all of a sudden she's a mom now, and she got to stop. Now, is this the same Kiki, Do You Love Me, from the Drake songs? Kiki, do you love me? No. Are we riding? I, I started. What I a terrible joke that was! I, I wasn't even trying to make a joke. I was. I was literally just asking. It's good thing. It's good thing that uh, he didn't look up the video or the conversation the whole time. Me and you were just talking, so he could in, interject some thoughts. Huh? Oh no. He, he, oh, he, he just didn't want to. He's just he's lazy tonight. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's really lazy, and it's okay. It's okay to be lazy. Uh, nobody's congratulated me and my Memphis Grizzlies on signing Bang to a max contract of 206 mil. Because Nobody that's said, way too much money for him. So I'm not going to tolerate that disrespect on this podcast, Gary. That's what you're not. Oh, and thinking. it's the same thing. It's way too much money if Jalen Brown gets that contract, too. Jalen Brown's not worth what they're going to have to pay him in the Celtics. I just don't, it doesn't make sense to me. You think Bain is worth $30 million a year, basically? Hey, did we pay him that? Then he damn worth it. Bang, bang. Now, we get a couple championships out of him. You know what? That's my problem right there, Gary. People said the same thing about Curry. They said the same thing about No, uh, nobody said about Clay. Curry. He's they said MVP. the same thing about KD. He got paid after getting They said the same thing about all these players, and they stepped up and they played up to their contracts. Why can't Bain step up and do the same thing? Hold on. All those guys also won a, a championship before they got that huge payday, and they weren't second fiddle. KD wasn't second fiddle. Steph Curry wasn't second. Clay Thompson didn't get that big of a deal and wasn't and was second fiddle to Steph Curry, but they were the Splash Bros. It was a big difference. They actually won a championship before, and then he got paid. Bain is not yet. And they're going to be without John Morant for the first start of the year. So, so you're, you're so you're telling me that the young player that that we think that has a astronomical amount of a potential, we don't pay him like that. Well, no, that's what so, you're telling me right now. I'm just trying to understand what I, you're saying. John Morant's already been paid, right? Yes. Okay. So Jaron Jackson has not been paid. Correct? Right. Okay, to me, I would rather have a John Morant and Jaron Jackson than a John Morant and Desmond Bain and let Jaron Jackson walk. That's my thought. Because you're not going to be able to afford all. Do you see who we just picked up though? Did you see who we just picked up though? No. Um. Uh. 
can't think of his you name. You don't even know. But I'm saying, I, I don't, I'd rather. I, I, we got Derrick Rose back, too. Okay. Don't ever mention that name again. Um, <laughs> no, but like, what I'm saying is, like, I, they can't, I don't think they're going to be able to afford those three on Supermax deals. So to me, the odd man out is Desmond Bain, because I think Jaron Jackson's a defensive player of the year, can be that candidate every year. And then you have John Morant's John Morant. Like Desmond Bain is the same thing. Like I said with the, with Boston Celtics, I don't think Jalen Brown's worth the contract that they're going to offer him. I do not think so. To me, you let him walk and you use that money to sign other players that are, that you around your t- player team versus stop locking yourself into oh we're locked into Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and now Sabonis and that or not Sabonis. Yeah. Uh, what's his name for the Boston Celtics? Yeah, so, you're not an NBA GM, bro. You don't know nothing well, about basketball, bro. How you gonna tell fair. us on this podcast that Bain ain't worth the money that we signed him for? Because you're not gonna you be able to build around, the, build around the but, team. To be fair. They're probably only going to have. They probably are going to have the money for Jaron Jackson Jr. because John Morant's not going to be in the league. That that could happen too. <laughs> Y'all are disrespectful, man, on this podcast. Y'all don't care anything about my Memphis. But Grizzlies. again, I also think I also think Golden State was it was a terrible ju- thought of re-signing uh, Draymond for how much he got signed. Just, we got Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart is who we got. We got Marcus yeah, Smart. Yeah. Um, we got uh Derrick Rose. You said not to say Derrick Rose's name. Derrick Rose is he's no longer a Derrick Rose that's like that type, that dude. Like he's gonna give you your ninth man off the bench, he's gonna give you eight points a game, and that's about it. <laughs> so Marcus Smart is a defensive guy. I will tell you, you're gonna get super frustrated, Marcus Smart, and because when I watched him play in Boston, he jacks up so many threes, and he's not a good three-point shooter. Let's just switch this conversation, <laughs> man. Let's just go back. Let's just let's just go to. So this is our biggest conversation of the night. I sent everybody this video, and I hope everybody watched it. All right. Uh, I'm gonna let Gary tell the situation just to make sure that he watched the video. We gonna keep the names anonymous, Gary. Right. We're keeping the name anonymous. You're going to say a man and a woman, and then we just got to go from there. And we're going to just address the story, not the people the story is associated with. Okay. Fair enough? Yep. Fair enough? Yep. Okay. So right, go ahead. a woman and a man were dating, and a woman kept telling the man she wants to have a kid, she wants to have a family, and asked the guy multiple times, basically, like, question him on how much of a family he wants to have. She wants to have a family. She wants to have a family. So they get married. They start trying to have a family. She finds out she can, she has no viable egg. She can't get pregnant. So they decide that them together are going to do surrogacy. So they're going to go through a surrogate and have a baby that way. And they found a surrogate that matched Close as they could, the facial features and body type and everything that the woman was. And then they had a surrogate. Well, about six months into the surrogacy, uh, she decides she no longer wants the kid. She no longer wants to be with the guy. So she decides she doesn't want anything to do with the kid. So he actually went through her, saw her through her emails that she was already talking to a lawyer and all this stuff. And she was trying to find ways to get out of the surrogacy. 
and they ended up having the kid and he filed for complete custody divorce and everything and child support and she basically has nothing to do with the kid she doesn't want anything to do with the kid but she pays child support and so she basically just walked away from the thing but she was trying to get out of it because it was a surrogate not hers so she says she feels like it's not her kid because it was through a surrogacy but the judge said it doesn't matter because you pay y'all split the pay to have a surrogate you went through the process so you were liable for child support so they are and that is the whole situation gary you watched it you and not right. only did you watch it i want to know what you think about it did they get this right gary or oh no we ain't gonna even ask did we get this right we're gonna start and start unpacking this thing from okay where where did they go wrong in this whole situation what 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 went wrong like what what was the first red flag for you gary when you were looking at this story where you was like oh I think I know where this is going or what did it throw you for a loop on the ending? No, I think, uh, when did I think it was, see, I really never did at the beginning because she, well, I think it was more of like, are you want to have a family grilling about, do you want a family asking all these questions says, yes. I think the one that threw me for a loop was like, Hey, I don't want to be intimate until we're married. <laughs> and they dated for a year. So to me, I think that's where it threw me for a loop. I was like, Oh, that's, that's tough. Um, and then they got married and they tried to have a kid and they couldn't, I think to me, I think that's okay. You're going to do a surrogacy, but when you decide to walk away after six months, doesn't feel like my kid, we went through this whole process together. It's your child still. I don't, I think the judge was correct in the aspect. She should pay child support because of that situation. Now, if he was a bad person. Okay, I don't, I don't know the whole dynamic of the relationship. He could have been a bad person, couldn't have been a good husband, all that type of stuff, reason for divorce. That's fine. Maybe at that point you realize six months in, after being married and having the child that or the surrogacy process, oh, maybe he's not going to be a good father, all that kind of stuff, and you want to walk away. But at that point, you're stuck. You've already started the whole process. You, don't, you can't just back out. That's a life now. Uh, so I think – the whole process of you uh, base they kept saying abandon abandon you she chose to walk away and have nothing to do with the child and that and he she's still paying child support so she's paying for some way for the child she just doesn't want to be in life because it doesn't feel like hers and maybe she doesn't want to be around the guy so either way she made that decision to walk away. She's still financially helping the child, which is what it's all about, not walking away from that aspect. And supposedly the kid's doing great with the father. I know he's. He, they said that he's gone after her multiple times to try and get more child support and stuff like that, but that's wrong by him. He needs to have a job. You got to live. You, you can hire a babysitter. You can take care of all that stuff. That's what that child support is supposed to help take care of. I, you know what, Gary? I commend you, man. I really do. Because you feel child support the same way, whether it's a woman and a man Correct. versus a man and a woman. Mm-hmm. I, I, I commend you on that, brother. I, I, I really do. Because some parts of me, some deep down in me, Gary, and I don't know where it's coming from, like a little bit of bitterness from some reason, Maybe it's the fact that I'm a man and some men have rubbed off on me or TV 
I'm I'm not sure what it is, but like some part of me like is happy for this man that he's getting child support for this kid what because he's a man and it's a woman because so many times we see it the other way around. Correct. And I think that's why you said you f- may feel a little different because most of the time you don't ever hear that happening. Most of the time yeah. the woman gets the child and the man has to pay child support because usually the woman has bared the child. So they have, they, <laughs> they get the child, but this is a whole different at- atmosphere with the surrogate. But I think it should go to the person who is most fit to have the child and take care of the child and is going to do more for the child, but then the other person pays child support. But I, I don't, I don't. So this is what's wild to me. And like what really blows my mind here. And I've been, I've been wrestling with it that, the the problem that I have is, and, and this is gonna probably be a bad take, Gary, but I'm okay with having this bad take. Is I understand that it's her decision to not have intimacy until you're married. But in the event that we get married and then you find out that you can't have kids, like you know, we could have found this out a long time ago. We could have addressed this way before this thing was like official, official. So, and and if not now, like back in the past, like I don't know their history or marriage and her being intimacy, but intimate, like has she never up until this point tried? Has she like, you know, what what made, what got us to this point to where we needed to get testing? There's a lot of questions that I needed to answer, but I feel like we could have got there a lot faster if there was some intimacy before leading up to the fact that we got married. Yeah, it, it could have been time. You got any thoughts on this? Uh, to me, <laughs> you know, once you go through that process to create a life, <laughs> no matter what happens after that, you're obviously going to be on board for that. Um, you know, and it's it's crazy to me because I understand, you know, the, the bond between a mother and the child uh, is so important because of the fact that they were inside of their mother for so long. Um, and so, you know, it's, I can, I can see why maybe she went back on wanting the child as long as she's still doing her part to take care of the child financially. Um, I still think it sucks. Um, but I still can understand maybe how someone gets there to where they're like, I don't feel connected to this child because it's not a part of me. Um, especially if your dream your whole life has been to birth your own children, have your family. Um, yeah, it's shitty. It's shitty that she left the child uh, after, you know, it's kind, of, it's kind of like, I guess, adopting a puppy and then leaving it. <laughs> you know, it's the difference is it's a human life, but, uh, you know, and but if you didn't, if none of your DNA is in that baby, I can see how you would arrive to a place where, uh, you know, you don't feel connected. And I mean, and, but it's, that's a very like cold reality. It's that's, you know, the, the hallmark answer is how could you not love that child? You're the one who, you know, signed up to create it. But like the real world, you know, people dealing with mental issues, health issues. Uh, I can see how someone arrives to that. Uh, it sucks, but as long as she's doing her part to take care of the child, because, you know, it happens all the time where people have children, put them up for adoption uh, because they don't want they don't want them. Yeah, it's 
is shitty, uh, but you're not going to go to jail for it. You know what I'm saying? Because it happens. It happens. So as long as she's doing her part to take care of that child, I guess it's it's better off for that child to have someone that's going to love her, take or him, who I don't know if it's a bugger. I didn't see that part. Take care of them as opposed to a mother that's not going to love them and treat them poorly. So this one's a tough one for me, um, Gary, because this is, and I, I'm, 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 I'm moving all legal issues and stuff like that aside, Gary. I'm, I'm just talking about just pure morally. This is how I feel without putting laws into it and all that. Okay, I feel like any time that the if you get a surrogate and the mother pulls out at any particular time, it should go back to the surrogate mother. And then from the surrogate I mother, with that. I, I disagree I too. It, I, because I think because it it's go back to the usually if it's a surrogate, it's the male sperm. So yes, he's the male still sperm, got part but of it's it. still the it's still the the lady though. It's still her baby. That though, if the mother, if the if the fake mo- what not the fake mother. Let me stop saying that. If the, cause the way she rolled out on this kid, she rolled out on it like, yeah, that was my kid to begin with. So if you're gonna roll out like that, I feel like now my conversation is now with that surrogate. Like, hey, how do you want to handle this? Do you want to be a mom to this baby? You see what so, I'm saying? Well, no, cause my problem would be, cause if I if I gave sperm and had and had a child and this and that happened, mom walked off, whatever, but not the mom, and then the surrogate got it. I'm not paying that surrogate child support for that kid. Like, that's now my kid. I, I went through this process. I paid you to carry that kid still. I want See, that's kid. what I was but, telling but, you. I but, was saying now if the you kept laws and stuff like that out of it, I'm talking yeah. about how I would well, handle it. That's why well, I prefaced it like yeah, that. Yeah, but still, even like the whole, the, how it works with the surrogate in general is they still have the right. They can carry your kid and everything. And then they can choose to keep the kid when it comes. They just got to pay you back the money you paid them to carry. Oh. That can, that's already, that is, they have, they, they can refuse to give the kid away and keep the kid. Uh, they just have oh. to pay every, all that money back that was given to them. And reimburse all the medical and all that kind of stuff. So, like, there is things that obviously, like, in place where they, could because they carry the kid, like time said, the bond they have with the child, they can still keep the kid, but they are repercussions if they do keep it, but they are allowed to have to keep the kid if they choose to. Oh, that's a plot twist. Mm-hmm. So they could have, yeah. So nobody, so you don't see an issue, Gary, with her leaving this child? As long as she's taking care of the financially, no. Tom, you see an issue with their leaving this child? Uh, from a personal aspect, I think it's shitty. But um, from the other side of it, I would say I don't. You know, when you say do you see a problem, like do I see a problem that you know requires some sort of action? Yes, yeah, sucks. It's pretty shitty of her. But like I said, you'd rather be with somebody that loves you and wants to take care of you as opposed to, you know, somebody that doesn't. That's the way I look at it. Okay. All right. So nobody ever thought to themselves that, like, it was that bad in the relationship where she don't want to have nothing to do with any of them? Like, none of them. 
and, and she what? could have, but yeah, again, and here's the thing about you're that still responsible like, for the kid, right? And that to me, that might not that's not the answer because you you have nothing to do with the child, you know. Because no matter what, you still have she's still you said she's paying child support, so she's still connected. So it's obviously not just the guy. She wanted to continue being, you know, living her single, uh, non-mother life because she reached a point where she's like, okay, yes. Because being a mom is hard. Being a parent in general is difficult. So the fact that she didn't feel connected to the child because there was no part of her, that means that, you know, if she knew she was not going to be able to love that child, good for her for being able to give that child up to someone that will be able to love her because that's just going to be even worse. But it's shitty. It's still shitty. That's the thing. Like it's, it's like one of those situations where a situation can be shitty, but still the right way to handle it. Bad. <laughs> Doing a whole podcast right now. D with a special guest. Oh, man. She sounded like a train coming down those stairs. And oh, that, no, we hear it. We and heard that it. Was, that was when D'Angelo decided to separate himself from that child. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, yeah, so that's, that's, where I, that's where I land on that. And, uh, you know, because the, the, the flip side of that, say, say, you know, they had a surrogate, but the, the dad, was unable to, you know, fertilize. And the mom's egg, because, you know, you can use the mom's egg inside of a surrogate. So say it's not the dad's sperm, the mom's egg. How would everybody look at the dad? They'd say, oh, business as usual. We're used yeah. to dad sleeping. Correct. <laughs> you know, it just feels extra shitty because it's the mom, which is what we're not used to. I, I don't know, man. I think this is a story because it was the fact that y'all, we, they both agreed on having a baby. I think this is a shitty situation because, like, this isn't a baby that, that, that doesn't necessarily belong, like, to you. Does that make any sense? Like, so, well, so flip, well, flip this, no, like, well, so flip this. It flip, does flip, for flip, the man. No, 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 no. Flip, flip, flip what I'm saying, though. What I'm saying is the reason why it's a story is not because it's the woman leaving. It's the fact that put the man as the woman, we would be like, damn, he has no attachment, none whatsoever with the baby or the woman. Meaning like his DNA is not in any one of those. If we was to put him on the other side and if he walked away, then there's no harm, no foul because there's literally no attachment again as long as he's paying for it. Well, no, well, that's because you no, know, even even that though, a man always has attachment because no matter how you have a baby, it's your sperm, so it is attached to you in that aspect. If you have a surrogate, we get that, but I'm saying that if you was to flip it in this situation, that's why this is not the same, is what I'm saying. Well, that's what I said. That's what I said. I said if you flip it and the 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 male was the one that was unable to fertilize the egg. And it was the, then people would look at it as business as usual because they're used to dads leaving. The reason it feels extra shitty is because it's the mom that left. No, that's not you. <laughs> We're saying the same thing, but your concept is so terrible, Tom. Well, no, I'm saying I, I'm I can't saying, agree I don't with think that. People, I don't think it'd be a story if the dad left. 
it wouldn't be I, as big a story. I think it would be a story only because this was a kid that was birthed through in vitro fertilization or through uh, a surrogate, through a surrogate. Right. And they agreed to have it at one minute, and then the other one just decided to leave, but has literally no DNA attachment to this kid at all, but still now is paying, you know, child support. I think that's what the story is. I don't right. think what the, I'm saying is if it was the dad that stepped away. I'm saying the same thing. No, I know. And what I'm saying is the shock value is not as high because it's not. The no, father. it's still high. I don't think so. I don't think it would be the same level if the dad that. If the, because I could, is it what if it's like this? Because it's not the same. It's not the same. But say you know, a girl that you like gets pregnant before you get into a relationship. You find out after you're in a relationship that she's pregnant. Are you still supposed to treat that child as your own type thing? That's that's the thing. It's like it's not his child. And so people would just look at it like, oh, yeah, it makes sense that he left because or doesn't want the baby because it's not his. That's the same thing this mom is doing. She's leaving the child because it's, she's not attached to that child. But it feels worse because it's the mom. We're not used to the moms being the one that leave because usually the mom carries the baby and has that connection with the baby because it was inside of them for so long. So it feels extra shitty because it's the mom that's leaving. Versus if it was the dad who did nothing but, you know, pump the sperm in there. This is essentially what I'm saying. Okay, Tom. <laughs> you disagree. <laughs> All right, man. All right. I just well, look, think it's a it's a city situation because Oh, for sure. This kid was brought through brought through here through surrogacy to have a dual family household. And boom, one of them just like, nah, I'm out, player. I'm good. Tell me this. How do you feel about it if the husband was adamant that he didn't want a family at all? And was like, but you know what? I will give you my sperm because you want a child so bad. And then the mom backed out. And now this dad has this or the husband has this baby that he didn't want. But because he loved his wife, he did it for her. I feel the same way. That doesn't change anything that it wasn't exactly mutual. Say that again. Hold on. Say that. Explain that one again. So they're married. The husband has never wanted to have kids, but the wife begs him and begs him because even though she can't have kids, she wants to have kids. And so he's like, okay, you know what? Because you want to have kids so bad, I will give my sperm to the to the egg so that you can have the baby you've always wanted and so then the the wife divorces him backs out after the baby's born now is that dad on the hook for the baby because he agreed to it or like what's that situation feel like so for one you shouldn't have been with the person if that was the case if they Gary that's not what we're talking about Gary go with the situation damn it go with the situation (laughs) (sighs) That's what I'm saying, man. Just answer the <laughs> damn question. Um, well, did she carry it or was it a surrogate? The surrogate carried it. He donated sperm, so he is part of it. He agreed to do that. That's what he agreed to. 
Man, and so I, if, I, she, if she leaves them with the baby, just... then she should pay child support. Same thing. It should be now, the same way. Now, now I agree with you there, Gary, in terms mm-hmm. of you're going to support this child financially. You don't have to support this child mentally, emotionally, be there physically. But I do think that you owe it to this child when you say, hey, I wanted it and you agreed to this financial contract. Because when you say you're going to take care of kid, let's just be honest. We're all talking financially here. Correct. We're not talking about like the physical labor that come with the kid. We're talking about financial when we say, hey, I don't have what it takes to take care of a kid. Correct. So I, I get it when somebody says the least or the most that I could do is pay child support. Then I, I respect that. In yeah. these situations like this. No, I, and that's why I said I think it's the same situation that, uh, yes, the guy would be stuck having the child at that point, but uh, he should get child support. Yeah. Uh, well, I disagree that he would be stuck with it because uh, you know, it just feels like that's the contract that he was <laughs> forced into. I don't know. Well, he but, agreed to it, though. That's the thing is once you agree to it. Yeah. You're you're you're, you're stuck, like, and it's his sperm, not her egg. So that's a whole nother thing. Now, if it was her egg and his sperm and the thing, now they're both on the hook. And if she's gonna walk away, she's gonna walk away regardless. Just like if it's a man, he's gonna walk away regardless. One of them needs to step up, or they both put it up for adoption. It's either it's one of those two. So is that all you had for us, D? That was a really Man. long pause for you to say, oh, is that all you have for us, D? Well, because I'm, I'm, I'm used to D'Angelo continuing on his blubbering. <laughs> so, no, I just I'll feel like it's sure. just, what? I just feel like it's a lot of lying going on on this podcast. That's all. <laughs> I, I ain't going to call nobody out. I'm just going to let everybody move on in Hold the on, conversation. But I feel like there's a lot of lying going on on this podcast today. That's all yeah, I'm okay. saying. We gotta connect to our younger audience. There's a lot of capping going on. Is that a what they say capping. these days? That's that's what the young kids are saying these days. But okay. I don't know if you're a believer or not. But I wanted to ask you guys, what do y'all have coming up this week? Because I have seen you blowing up your social media with previews, the same social media that you do not use to promote our podcast week in and week out. <laughs> I like what you said there. <laughs> Tell me about y'all's debut. Y'all got hit the big screen this weekend. You got it, Gary. You got it, D. No, you got it. I, I want to hear. I want to hear what your thought process is behind explaining what this is. Okay. All right. So this week we have the release of what we've been doing, kind of behind the scenes when we kind of disappear and we miss a podcast and things like that. And the fans are out there like, what the hell is cinnamon and sugar doing? What the hell is cinnamon and sugar doing? So to all our three fans out there, we want to <laughs> let y'all know that we have been working on a ghost show called skeptic and ghost uh, slash crypto ghost slash crypto. He want to make sure that we put the crypto in there. Yeah. Ghost slash crypto, crypto where we just kind of monster. We explore 
and investigate the unknown. So it could be, you know, ghosts. It could be uh, mythical it be, creatures. It could be voodoo. It, it could, could be, be voodoo. Yeah, it could be any of those things that cover the unknown. We're out there investigating it. And our one of our investigations, um, we're premiering it uh, this weekend on Sunday, uh, July 16th. Uh, Gary, I'll let him give the details in terms of where it's at and what time since he didn't yeah, have it so in me to know what was going on. It is, uh, like you said, July 16th. It's a Vista Art in Charlotte. Uh, we are doing a screening there. We're going to do a Q&A afterwards to anybody that shows up. And uh, it's basically just like a little documentary aspect of an investigation we did at a location in Tennessee. And then we've been filming some other stuff before that as well. But that will all be coming out down the road. It will be released to the public uh, sometime in the next week or two. Uh, so everybody else will be able to see it. Um, but yeah, it's just a, I'm not, I'm a non-believer over here. So they're all trying to make me a believer in different things. So this but is the ahead, first step in it. Go ahead and ask me, Tom. I know everybody want to know. Everybody want to know the answer to that question that you're thinking right now, Tom. And I'm going to tell you what that question that you're thinking right now that you want to <laughs> ask me, but you don't even know how to ask me, but I'm going to ask me for you, okay? And that question is, is, how the hell do you get a black guy to go investigate some damn ghosts or cryptic, uh, cryptic stuff? How do you get a black guy, traditional, in all sense of the word, to... um? Go on investigations and things like that, right? I know that's what you're thinking, right, Tom? Well, I was wondering how you got video of the black guy investigating. Well, technically, we have two black guys investigating, me and D. That's what See, I'm saying. So y'all must use a night vision, right? So I don't see. like falling back on technicalities. <laughs> so we know I am. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. Um... But it's 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 fun. I know that's what you was thinking, Tom, but I'm gonna tell you it's fun. And there's sometimes it's it's fun to get outside uh your comfort zone. And this is definitely one of those me getting outside of my comfort zone situations because uh because Gary does not believe and I do, there's a lot of uncomfortable uh times and situations that happen throughout this uh this movie that are very interesting and entertaining. As as you see it unfold on the TV. Well, here's my question. Um, so whenever you guys are picking out these locations, how did, how did you go about doing that? People just sent in stuff saying like, Hey, come investigate this. So it all depends on like the location, some places that we've had other team members find. And then some of them I found some of them we've seen other places and some of them haven't been shown on other places. So it's more of just a collective effort of trying to find a location that some are going to be popular, some are going to be less popular. And I don't really like, we don't look into a ton of the history. Well, I don't because that's part of why I do what I'm doing, because I think a lot of it is people already have preconceived notions of locations and they go in thinking they're going to see this and their mind plays tricks on them. So I like not knowing anything to put that stuff to the test. And because D's in charge, he doesn't go in. He likes to uh, 
he leads us basically and leads questions to try and see if we can get responses that match up with the history of the location. So I like us not knowing because then we actually can find out if it matches the responses we get because that's how you find proof versus just saying, oh, I heard this with no bearing because you're anything. expecting it. Yes. So like it, it, to me, we're, we're, it's a little test of what's real, what's not, what's fear-based because I think a lot of paranormal stuff is people are really terrified of the unknown and they believe everything's there so they get really scared and that's why they see or hear things that and especially if they know the history they're definitely gonna be listening for certain words that match so that way you go, oh yeah it sounds like that well then i hear it it sounds nothing like that because i don't have that notion of that, that pre- perceived notion of what's in the house or what location and then i don't have that fear of going into a dark place by myself like they may have because they think something's there. So a lot of us putting things to the test versus just saying this is this is haunted, this is haunted, this is that. Yeah, it's uh it's and a really don't you guys have uh if I I believe I saw the cast list right, you have two people from the Squatch Watchers on there, right? Yeah, so that's how, correct. How is it how is it filming with people that very obviously are, are super believers? I would say, because obviously they, they, uh, you know, have dedicated a life to um, chasing Bigfoot. So so do you think that tips them in the favor of, you know, anything one way or the other? Gary, this is a I think this is a great one for you. Okay, (laughs) so I think because because like, again, I when I say I'm a non-believer and I don't believe any of that stuff. So. It's like for me, I don't. Const- this is I don't funny. You understand is- why this is funny after you watch the show, and then you understand why this is funny. So yes, we've teamed up with uh, two of the members of the NC Squatch Watchers, Taylor and Tate. Uh, they believe in Bigfoot. They search for Bigfoot. We've been on Bigfoot investigations with them, and they truly believe in the paranormal. And we ha- we butt heads at times because. Everything that happens, they contribute to paranormal when I just contribute to user error, battery didn't get charged overnight, things like that versus jumping to paranormal. So we'll butt heads at times, but I think that's part of as somebody having somebody who's a skeptic in there because I'm, my first thought isn't always, oh, yes, that's a ghost that did that or that's a spirit or something like that. I'm actually thinking realistically first – and then I go into, okay, how can I, is this, can this be proved away? If it can't, okay, now we have some evidence. But if I can easily say this is what it is and I can prove that, then you can't convince me it's a ghost if I can actually prove it's something else. But that's and that's the fun part of it because we're trying to figure things out. I'm very open-minded. That's the reason why I want to do this because it's all about trying to see if there is actually something out there. Am I wrong? Is there, is there actually paranormal? Is there the unknown out there? Is it, that stuff real? And that's why we're doing it because why not why not try and see if it's all true or not because everybody you can tie it with religion people believe in God and stuff other people don't believe in God people believe in Bigfoot people don't people say oh people that believe in Bigfoot are crazy people that believe in ghosts are crazy but people don't say oh people that believe in God are crazy like it's the same thing it's all nobody knows if it's real or not it's more just what have you experienced what makes you that believer and that's what we're trying to put to the test. Hey, here. That was really good. That was a really good. 
You've been working on you. Wait, no, can I get this gear? Can I get this gear every podcast, man? Can I get no, this gear? Not necessarily. Now we started <laughs> off rocky, but you you brought it all the way around, man. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> yeah, I'm more. Now I do want to get time on one of our investigations. Time, are you a believer? Um. So <laughs> I know you're a spiritual I, person, so right? So I feel like I, you could I be a believer. Be very skeptical. But I feel like I'm not so skeptical that I'm not open uh, to believing. I just have never encountered anything to make me feel one way or the other. So this is this is why this fascinates me. Okay. And I'm going to only say this once and I'm just I'm going to move on because I I I, I don't want to spend any time here because it could get real nasty. Okay. And I'm going to say this, it, it fascinates me that somebody could believe in God or Jesus, but not believe in ghosts or spirits. Right. <laughs> I mean, wait, wait, saying like the Holy Spirit. No, I think he's just saying it in general because, but you, you see what I'm saying? Well, well like, the thing is like, you, you think, cause if you get down to the heart of it, like Christians believe your afterlife is in heaven. So would that mean that if there's someone dwelling, you know, amongst us, does that kind of go against what Christians believe or is, you know, that's, I don't think that's necessarily they, that they go hand in hand. I, I thought they went so hand in hand. I have a question for you though, time time. Do you think you could go into a place that's supposedly really haunted by yourself in the pitch black, can't see anything, and do an investigation with D in your ear telling you what to do and things going off around you and things happening. Could you stay in and do it, or what would you do? Oh, 100 percent. I'm because <laughs> I'm I'm not afraid of that sort of stuff. But because I, you know, I love scary movies. Um, but you know, it's 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 one of those things where it's very interesting. Um. And I would want to see what happens, but you know, I'm, I'm the firm believer of I'm going to go when I'm supposed to go. <laughs> so so I will say we've had people say that they can do this. They're not going to be scared. And then the moment hits and they freak and they leave and run out. So that does happen quite a bit. I will yes. say it has not happened to me, but it has happened to quite a bit of people who said they can do this. They can do that. So that's why I'm intrigued to see get time on one of them and just see if he can actually put what he says to the test. Oh, here's the thing. I think I could do it by myself. I could definitely do it if uh, Gary's in there because I know that. But but that's the whole thing is you go in there as a group and then you go in individually. So there's right. different. It's not just by yourself. It's not by a group the whole time. So you do have to go in by yourself. Okay. And I will yeah. I, I will admit I've told D this multiple times when we've done these. I can understand why people are terrified because most people are scared to be in a place they're unfamiliar with in the complete dark by themselves. I can understand that. Right. I truly can. And then your mind starts playing tricks on you, especially if you believe in something. I can truly see how that can affect you. Oh, yeah. I can see how that happens. I just I I just know I've always loved like haunted houses. Uh, you know, I've enjoyed that that experience it if it's it's always hard to say because you, you can never really put yourself in the situation exactly like you know mm -hmm. you always think 
it's like Mike Tyson uh, always said, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face, right? And so I think I know how I'd react. I don't think I can say for sure. Well, but, and that's what, that's all. How how do you? That's what I was asking. How do you think you'd react? Because we'll we'll revisit this if you do an investigation with us. We'll rehash this and see if you actually act in that way or not. There's no I'm, way. There's no way. <laughs> there's no way. So I I I from all the investigations that I've done and. I'm going to try to talk about it without giving anything away from correct. That's, that, I wasn't trying That's to give it. anything away either. I was just saying, yeah, it's leave and stuff. It's very interesting how just not changing anything, but just simply turning the lights off, how it changes everything. Oh, it's, it makes a big difference. Oh, and, man. and, I will say one thing that I've made sure when we've done this is nothing will ever be faked. Nothing yes. that you've ever you, you'll ever see that we post will be faked in that aspect because as a skeptic, I'm trying to m- become a believer. I'm not going to become a believer with fake stuff going on around or happening, and I'm that that would defeat the whole purpose of what I'm trying to do. So that's one thing that I have a problem with with a lot of ghost shows that you that's on TV. You can tell a lot of stuff is faked and overacted and stuff like that. That's not one thing I will allow. If I saw it or I noticed it, I would end it at that moment because that's not going to happen. And D knows I'm a stickler when it comes to that kind of stuff. Uh, horrible. <laughs> so have you ever horrible. had anything uh, on your experience with the squawk, Squatch Watchers where you were like, okay, I think there's a Bigfoot out there? No, I will say during, uh, the only thing we've ever really had that I can't explain, we we did find a footprint that was twice the size of my foot, uh, which I don't know how to explain that. I guess the only way you could explain it basically is maybe somebody did it and set it up because they knew we were coming out. But I don't feel like the people we went out with, I don't, I don't, they wouldn't do that. So it had to have been somebody else that would know we have come, going out. But I don't know. And then the only thing I can't explain. I have no idea is we were out one time. Do you knows this? We we're walking. There's this huge gully covered in shrubs. You can't get down there. We've tried climbing down there. And what the, what the, in the community is you throw rocks to see if you get anything thrown back or you, and you do knocks on a tree and there's a yell. So you do all that kind of stuff. So I'm throwing rocks down in the thing. Well, we ha- see a rock thrown from the bottom and it lands over our head. Well, now this goalie is probably, 40 30 to 40 feet down and you can't see down there like you can't it's all brushes and stuff but we see as the the rock clears the brush and lands behind our head i can't explain where that rock got thrown from i have no idea that is the only thing i can't explain and i don't know how to explain it away but do i think it's a bigfoot no because i didn't like i i just i don't know how i don't know what else it would have been my guess, my guess would be maybe I have no idea, <laughs> but it's not. But again, I it didn't make me a believer because I need to see something or experience something versus just something like that happening. Again, I don't know. Was it somebody down there that I don't know? I don't know. I doubt it, but I don't think it was a Bigfoot either. Do do you so when you when you go on these hunts, is this something that uh you know they do on what 
like is is this something that um you know the squash watchers do they do they do they get paid to take people on bigfoot hunts no they do more of their own stuff they do a lot of their own investigation and stuff and then they'll take some people out and do investigations that way because here's what I'm saying, and I'm playing devil's advocate. I'm not trying to say anything about the, the you know, the yeah. squatch watchers. But if, if I have some sort of financial gain, so say even if it's just a matter of, hey, I'm going to make content, you know, look better. Uh, because mm-hmm. you see it all the time, you know. Uh, what would stop me from going out there and putting a footprint to run you across or posting somebody up somewhere that's going to holler at some point or, you know shoot a rock up to keep you interested to keep you coming back no no i agree but they don't make money off of that from us and then uh they they post videos and stuff that i would make money but in any time we've ever done anything with them they are not the type that seems to be like they would fake anything because they especially they know if i ever notice anything's off i'm gonna call it out and i already call out a lot of things when we're all together because like they'll hear something and i won't hear it i'm like i don't hear that it's like I don't, I don't, again, because I want to be as real and authentic as possible with anything. I don't, they know that they wouldn't be able to do that with, with me or D. So I don't think they would ever do that. So I think it's all real, the stuff that they experience, that we've experienced with them. Because, you know, part of the magic and stuff like this to me is, you know, the belief part. And the reason I say that is, um, I don't know, do either of you believe in uh, hypnosis? Or being hypnotized? I don't. I I, I think do. I think you can be hypnotized, but I don't feel like I could be because I wouldn't allow myself to be. So okay, uh, okay yeah. do, do you I've want me to? I see my friend get hypnotized. Okay. So here here's my experience with hypnotism. Whenever I was in college, I went on a cruise. And spoiler alert: if you don't want to know about hypnotism, turn off this podcast right now. Okay. So I went on a cruise whenever uh, I was in college, and there's a hypnotist show. They call a bunch of people on, on stage, and, you know, they go down. He does his hypnotic, uh, you know, whatever routine. And then he goes down the line and, like, does these checks. And he's trying to see who was hypnotized, right? So I have a full hypnosis is on YouTube, a full video of my hypnosis show. And at the end, everybody came up to me and was like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe, like, you were hypnotized, weren't you? Everybody that was with me believed that I had been hypnotized. When all it was was me improvising 100%. And so what I think the the hypnotist does is he goes down the line and sees, like, okay, who is kind of, like, going to play along? With the fact that they're hypnotized. Because there was a couple people from our group that uh, got sent down. Because he sent people down. Because they were like, you know, oh, well, it didn't hit me, right? But he picks out the people that he can tell are going to go along with the hypnotist, you know, show. And then everything you do after that is improvisation. And the reason I know that this is true is because I look at, I look back. And if he really has us under a spell, uh, you know, he can make us do anything, right? Well, every, you know, he would make certain people do more things and do funnier things. And what it was was, you could tell, it was everybody that was, like, good, like, the, the more character people, the people that had more character to them, he gave more things to do 
because they could do more things. Whereas the people that were kind of like stiff and not as entertaining, he only gave them a few things. So to me, hypnosis is an improv show, and it's fun because people believe it could be true, and that's that's what makes the magic of it. So I will give you the one experience I have with my buddy who got hypnotized, and and that's why it makes me think that it could be true. So he is not an improviser. He is not anything like that. He's quiet, reserved, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so he goes up there, and he uh, he draws a number on his forehead with a marker. He says, for one hour, you will not know there's a number on your forehead. One hour exactly. Okay? Finishes the show, another 20 minutes, 30 minutes or so, whatever. We go to the bathroom. He's looking in the mirror, washing his hands, doesn't see the number. Legit. Hour on the dot, we're driving home. He's in front of me. He slams on his brake. He calls. He says, what is this thing on my forehead? <laughs> oh, now, I have no way of explaining. Was he improv that? I don't know. But, I mean, one hour on the dot. I think that's, I think that's easy. Because <laughs> if he goes, because especially if the hypnotist was like, it is now 2.05. But I'm just saying, he's not the type of person that can improvise like that, that you would actually believe. Um, and he did things like that. That's why I don't know how to. I don't know well, that's if that's true thing. or not. When you're, but when you're when you're when you think that somebody might be hypnotized, your brain is already on the side of them not knowing, right? Yeah. So it doesn't seem weird or awkward that they don't know because you're already believing that they don't know. You know what I'm saying? No, I agree. And it could be, it could be, it could be fake. But I'm saying that's the only thing that's made me question like, okay, that could possibly be real. Right. This okay. is, are we, is this, are we really doing this right now? <laughs> are we really doing this? <laughs> well, right we now? were talking about all the stuff. It's all right. It's the unknown. Yeah, yeah I, I, I know, but I'm just saying, are we really doing this right now? Time think he, he got on his metal dunce hat saying that this is, <laughs> It's unbelievable. And then Gary, no, you're kind of somewhat no. riding with him, but that, like no, still standing in your lane. That just means that he's going to run out of the building if he does an investigation with us. He's proven wow. my point right now. How does that mean I'm going to run out of the building? Because that's usually what people like you sound like right before y'all run out of the I, building. I'll, I'll put it this way. We have not had an investigation. Somebody hasn't ran out of the building. Yes. I'll, I'll put it that way. I'm not going to tell you anything like that. I'm just saying somebody has ran out of a free investigation for some reason. To the point where, like, Gary absolutely loses his shit now. Yes, because I've (laughs) I've been in there every time for multiple, multiple, multiple minutes. We can't give anything away, Gary. Stop. I know I'm saying. I haven't ran out. That's all I can tell you. Yeah. But, But, yeah, that's that's the show in a nutshell. It's going to be great seeing you here, Tom. I uh, hadn't seen you in a while, so it's going to be great catching up with you. <laughs> and if, if you're in town, make sure you go to the premiere because we don't want it to just be three people or Gary is going to be very upset. Yes. <laughs> yes. Very, very upset. He's made Because you know, I got to fly there. Times. I freaking got to fly there. Yeah. Well, stay tuned. We will give you an update. Next week, whether or not Gary was upset, disappointed, and ran out of the premiere because there was only two people there. (laughs) Until then, have a good week. This is the Cinnamon Sugar Podcast. We're out. Oh, that's a beautiful noise.
You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barney.